Hi there and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Open your Bible to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 22. Can you give our worship team a hand? Don't they do a great job? The title of my message today is F-O-E, Family Over Everything. And it's going to take me a few minutes to work this thing out, but you guys bear with me because we're in a season now where it's absolutely imperative to understand family because you can't even understand the kingdom of God unless you understand family. When God looked down from earth, he didn't send uh, an angel. He didn't send uh, some other entity to try to ransom humanity. He sent his own son. Because here's the reality. If you're a parent in the room or a grandparent, would you just raise one hand so I know how many parents we got in here? Lots of y'all. Praise the Lord. If somebody is nice to your child, there's nothing you won't do to them, do for them. If somebody is hostile to your child, there's nothing you won't do to them. Instantly, you have the picture of why God said it all hangs on his son. Because if you deal well with Jesus and receive him, the heavens are open to you. But if you reject Jesus, all of heaven in that moment is against you. So F-O-E, family over everything, is imperative. And I want to talk this morning about the power and the importance of great parenting. Because so many times in families, things are left by the wayside and we deal with things that we wouldn't have to deal with. But God has a way and a method and a means to deal with, uh, uh, deal with families that sets us up for success. And this is spiritual children as well as natural children. In other words, many of you, you say, well, I don't have any kids at home right now. Well, you have an opportunity to help guide and direct some children, some young people uh, that are maybe not where you are yet, but they're in a place, and the, it's real simple how to deal with them. You deal with them how you wish somebody would have dealt with you when you were in that era. Because the truth of it is, there's only two ways to get information. One is through experience. And the other is through somebody else's experience. You can either touch the stove and know that it's hot. Or somebody can tell you, don't touch the stove, it is hot. Either way, you can receive the, you can receive the information whereby you can uh, uh, choose to miss out on an experience that would have been harmful just based off of information. Which brings us to point number one. Uh, Proverbs 22 and 6 says this. Train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Number one, if you're taking notes, train them up. Nobody goes to basic training in the Marine Corps and enjoys every facet of it. Your kids don't have to enjoy every facet of being trained up. It is your responsibility, though, to train them up. In other words... We train them up because when, when they get older, we don't want them to depart from it. So I'm just going to give you a few keys really quick because we've got a lot of ground to cover today. Here's a couple. 
Number one, if your child is 18 years old or 21 years old or whatever and they live under your roof and you're still paying their bills and you're still taking care of those, it's not their decision whether or not they go to church. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. It's not their choice. You train them up in the way that they should go. Because when they get older, they won't depart from that. They will be stuck to that. But you train them up and it requires consistency. Somebody say consistency. It requires you to be consistent. Now that doesn't mean that you're perfect, but you do need to be consistent. That means if you're telling them, hey, don't, don't treat everything in life like, like it's a big deal and you fly off the handle at everything, there's inconsistency there and then they don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to act with it. Somebody say, oh me. So for us, we got to get consistent because our offspring, our kids, they don't do what we say. They do what we do. So if you're, if you're smoking cigarettes right now, number one, you can go to heaven uh, if you smoke cigarettes. As a matter of fact, you'll probably get there quicker than if you, if you didn't. But if you don't want your children smoking cigarettes, stop smoking cigarettes. Because the truth of it is, is this. You'll do things for your kids you'd never do for yourself. You, you haven't taken a multivitamin in six years, but your kids take their Flintstones like the clock. You know what I'm saying? Because you want to make sure your kids have the greatest opportunity. Listen, you can't expect your children just to do what you say. They will do, however, what you do. How many of you look in the mirror now and you think, I would have never said that. Uh, I would never say what my parents said. And then you find yourself saying something. You're like, oh my gosh, is my mom here? (laughs) That's because you're going to be what you are in front of. That's why it's so important that you put what's in front of, put what you want them to be in front of them. So you have to train them up. It's a consistent thing that says, hey, this is, here's some things. You, you never ever talk at them from a standpoint of telling them you're not smart, you're not intelligent, you've never made right decisions, you're always wrong. You, know, you just say it like this. You say, no, baby, that's not what we do. And, if, and if, if they're older and the baby doesn't fit anymore, you can say, no, that's not what we do. They say, hey, I want to go to the party. There's only going to be so and so many people there. and It's going to be this. No, baby, that's not what we do. What do you mean we don't do that? I saw you and mom sitting back drinking Miller Lite watching the Dallas Cowboys. How come that's not what we do? Well, you're not old enough yet. Let me just tell you something. Whatever you do is what they're going to do. So if you want them, you know, calming their nerves with Jim Beam, then calm your nerves with Jim Beam. That's what they're going to do. Whatever you want them to do, that's what, whatever you want them to do, you do that. That's what they're going to do. If you don't wear your seatbelt and you're driving around, Listen, the seatbelt is not sin or not sin. I'm just telling you, if you don't wear your seatbelt and you tell them to wear their seatbelt, they'll only wear it when you're around and then whenever you're not around, they take it off because that's what cool people do because whether they admit it or not, they think you're cool. They think you're cool. They think you've got it figured out. So you've got to train them up. It's a very, it's an on-purpose thing and it will cost you some stuff. It'll cost you some relationships. It'll cost you a lot of time. Praise the name of the Lord. I have three children. It will cost you time. But you got to train them up in the way that they should go. That means when all hell comes against your family. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people uh, in the body of Christ that are just really under attack right now. There's a lot of people under attack. And, and 
it's just a season for it. The devil doesn't like what's going on in the church. He doesn't like the revivals, the miracles that are happening. He doesn't like any of that. But but at the end of the day, it is 100% uh, up to you to teach and train them how to deal with difficult things. And the way you teach them how to deal with difficult things is you show them by how you handle it. So when all hell breaks loose in your life, you just act like it's just Tuesday. Praise the Lord. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? He said, he said, you talking about these light afflictions in my life? Now this is the man who was beaten, he was stoned, he was lashed, he was left for dead. Everybody on the planet practically wanted to kill him. And his, his whole comment was, you talking about these light afflictions? No, you can't, you can't, t- you can't expect your kids to live by faith if you're living by fear. They gotta see you living by faith in the middle of issues. And you don't have to protect your kids from God. I remember one time, the Lord made Crystal and me a promise, and, and, and we were, we were standing and believing God for it, but we didn't tell the kids because we were like, man, we, you know, if it doesn't happen, praise the Lord, we miss God, you know, God's, we don't, we want, and I remember one time, God said to me so clear, He said, are you protecting your children from me? I said, oh my God, I stopped the car right there, put it in park. I said, kids, let me tell you what God's about to do in our life. And I told him the whole thing, and within a week, the deal was done. Because God is able, but you gotta teach, you gotta train them how to go through things. They're gonna come home, and the bully's gonna have said something to them, or the teacher's gonna upset them, or the principal's gonna upset them, and they're gonna come on there and say, everybody hates me, nobody likes me, I should just go eat worms. You know, that's what they're gonna say. And you gotta say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not how we talk. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. You're blessed coming in and blessed going. I don't feel like it, mama. Mama don't feel like it all the time, but that's what mama's talking, praise the Lord. Because what we do is we say it until we see it. That's what faith is. Faith is speaking the word of God into your existence, speaking the word of God into your atmosphere, believing God that he'll do exactly what he said he would do. Somebody say, train them up. Number two. This is found in Ephesians 6 as well as the Old Testament. For the sake of time, I'm just going to quote it. You need, number two, you need to honor your father and mother. This is absolutely imperative. Number one, it is because honor is something that is given. It's not something that is taken. I can't make you honor me and you can't make me honor you. Honor is a decision that I make, that you make. And if you, even if your parents are already gone, you can still honor them. You can still speak well of them. Never exemplify their faults and failures. Always honor them. If it's a situation where you can't be around them for a long period of time or something, those are situations you've got to make a very good, godly decision on. But you can still honor them in front of your offspring because what you're doing is that is the seed you are sowing for your future relationship. Furthermore, the relationship that God seeks with each one of us is a father and an offspring. So if we don't teach them how to honor our natural father, how can they know how to honor their heavenly father? It's all an example. It's all part of training them up. So we teach them how to honor their mom and dad. Now, I'll give you an example. This uh, past Friday, we were out there, and, and me and my dad were putting some finishing touches on those uh, barn doors in the, in the lobby there that look real nice. And, and we were joking, uh, about my mom's dad because he's in heaven now. And his name was Wardell Walker, 
which is where my son gets his name, Walker. His name was Wardell Walker. He didn't have a middle name, and he would always laugh and say, my parents didn't give me one because we couldn't afford it. So he was a trip. But we were laughing about all the things that he taught my dad and all the things that he taught me. And, and just, he was always, he was always interested in there. And I used to love it because he drove a, 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 a blue, his last truck he had, he had a, a blue Dodge Dakota pickup truck. And he would pick me up from school every now and then with fishing poles hanging out the back. And I knew we were going fishing. And he would teach me how to tie the hook on. And he would, he would take me out there. And every now and then I'd take my, I'd take my, one of my friends with me. And one of my friends would get nervous as a cat because the one thing about my grandma grandfather on a dirt road is he was going to slide that truck sideways once or twice. Praise the Lord. I didn't even know that was weird. But in hindsight, we were just laughing about, you know, how much of a blessing he was. But let me just, let me just say this. And and I don't say this to, to mention anything. He smoked, uh, Salem cigarettes, two or three packs a day until he was probably 80 or 81 years old. I'm telling you that just to let you know, he wasn't perfect. But that's not what we discuss. We honor him. You see? We honor him. My, 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 my dad's parents pastored for over 50 years. And there was a season there where relationships were really touch and go. But that's not what's going to come out of our mouth when we're speaking of them. It's going to be talking about a spiritual thing, you have to decide to honor your parents, whether your parents deserve honor or not, because honor is not something they can take from you. Honor is something that you have to choose to give. It might be just a little bit. It might just be, you know, hey, I can only go this far with it. Well, you go as far as you can go because you've got to sow those seeds now because you're not going to have the opportunity whenever you get old. Come on, they're going to decide where you're going to live. Praise God. Give God a hand of praise this morning. Ephesians 6, it also says this. Don't provoke your children to anger. One translation, that word provoke in the original text literally means don't come alongside them in anger. So when you see the smoke start coming out of their ears, that's your sign that you need to chill out. I didn't say don't discipline them. I didn't say don't hold your ground. I didn't say don't point them in the way that they should go. But you can do it without turning their screws. See, you know what bothers them. If my oldest is 11 years old, if I say that horses aren't magical, we got a problem, praise the Lord. She loves horses. My little boy, if I were to you know, take his baseball glove, man, his whole world would stop spinning. My, my, my baby girl, Trinity Bell, if I told her Frozen wasn't a good movie, crocodile tears would fill up in her eyes. You know what it is. And furthermore, you know what it is with your spouse. Don't turn the screws to the ones that you love. You know, most people are nicer to the waitress at Denny's than they are the people in their own house. Oh, thank you for bringing me that sweet tea. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, you know what? I would like some water. Thank you for that. These pancakes are perfect. Then you get home and you're like, where's dinner? You're paying the lady or the, or the waiter at Denny's, and the person at home's doing it just out of love. Amen. I think we ought to be nicer to the people at home, praise the Lord. That doesn't mean, hey, don't be mean to Denny's either, but come on, we can be nice. We don't have to provoke each other to wrath. We don't have to do that. But for your children, and this is specifically talking to fathers, the reason it's talking to fathers is because you are the example of how they will view God. 
In other words, don't provoke them to a place of anger or wrath. Now, if there's discipline that's necessary, uh, nobody's saying don't discipline your kids. Furthermore, you got to find what's effective for each child. All children are not raised the same way. They're raised in the same direction. In other words, just to stick with my kids because I know them, if, if I took Haley, that's my oldest one, if I took her cell phone, that would be a significant thing for her. My son has a cell phone too. If I took his cell phone, he would care less as long as I don't take his pocket knife. So you don't, you don't treat each one of them identical. You try to be just and fair, but you are more interested in being effective than you are doing the exact same thing. If it doesn't, if it doesn't change the direction of what we're trying to accomplish, then, then we shift gears. We shift tactics. So we got to train them up. Then we got to honor our parents in front of them. Even, even if that means, even if that means honoring somebody who's already gone. We're going we're gonna to talk about the good things that our parents did. We're going to find one or two good things to talk about if there's nothing else available. Number three. Somebody say number three. three. Flip over to Psalms 127 if you have your Bible. If not, we'll put it on the screen. Psalms 127. Verse three. Children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. One translation says children are a gift from God. Children are not an inconvenience to be extinguished. Children are a gift from God. They're they're not an inconvenience to be extinguished. They're not a decision to be made after they are the fruit of the womb. The Bible says that God knew them before he formed them in the womb. They are the fruit of the womb, and the fruit of the womb is our reward. So when we look at our children, we're looking at a prize. We're looking at a blessing. We're looking at an opportunity. You say they don't feel like a blessing. They don't always feel like a blessing. Your job doesn't always feel like a blessing, but it still helps you pay your bills. How much more so is the fruit of your womb? A blessing, an inheritance from God. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full. They shall not be ashamed. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. That's closer translated today that say, when you have a quiver full of children, when you have children that are trained, when you have children that live for God and believe God, when the enemy comes to the gates, you'll be able to answer him because of who is alongside you. Arrows in the hand of an archer. Children are like arrows or darts. Number three, aim wisely. Aim wisely. You, you don't have, your children, they don't get to do everything they want to do. Because everything they want to do might not be good for them. You're the parent. They're the kid. 
They're the child. You're the parent. They're the child. Now, this requires a very consistent checking of yourself. Lord, am I, am, I, am I telling them to do this because I know I can or is this what's best for them and the family? Because you don't ever want to do it from a hostile area. You don't want to provoke them to wrath. You don't want to be like that. But they're the child. There are things that they're going to say they want to do that, listen, a five-year-old doesn't need to be skydiving. Praise the Lord. So you can say, no, we're not doing that. No, we're just, we're just not going to do that. And what happens when you do that is you begin to direct them in the way that they should go. You know, there's some activities that there's nothing wrong with the activity, but the, the risk of expo- the, the exposure risk is too high. There's nothing wrong with certain activities, but the exposure risk is too high. Because the minute your child is, is exposed to something, it's like shaving cream. It's not going back in the can. So our job, is to recognize them as arrows. Well, what's an arrow like? Well, in this day, when they were when this when this Bible was written, an arrow would have been most likely handcrafted by the archer that was going to use it. That means the archer would have gone and found a reed or a stick or a limb that was straight enough that they could whittle off all the knots and make sure that it was nice and smooth. And then they would spend some time with it and they would put something very sharp on one end and something very delicate on the other. They would have a rock or a piece of steel that was a piece of iron that was hewn into a point on one end so that it would cut, so that it would be very specific, so that it would be very uh, uh, pointed. But on the other end, they would put feathers, and the gentleness of the feathers is what brings stability in flight. In other words, when we're raising our children, we have to teach them how to be targeted and how to be gentle at the same time. How to be sharp. The Bible says it like this. We should be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Christianity is a balance between when is it time to cut and when is it time to be gentle. What do we cut? We cut when the enemy comes in like a flood. We get on our knees and we declare the promises of God. When are we gentle? When we're dealing with a sinner, when we're dealing with somebody that we love, when we're dealing with somebody that doesn't know God. Love is the one thing that you can't go too far with. If your children know everything about the Bible but you've never taught them how to love, you're going to miss the whole thing. Love is the balancing agent that helps us be strategic and helps us to be accurate in our walk with God. An arrow had to be handcrafted. Then the Bible says that, that kids are like arrows that, that, that blesses the man whose quiver is full. The quiver is the place of protection for the arrows. It may go around their, their back or be hung off their arm, but it's a place where that thing that is handcrafted is stuck and it is, it's placed and it's in there with all the other arrows and it's protected because the problem is an arrow that is bent or an arrow that is broken is unusable. So moms and dads, it's our job to protect our children. That's what the quiver's saying. Protect our children at all costs. Spiritually, emotionally. Listen, you protect them from everything outside your home and you protect them from the bad side of yourself in your home. You protect that bad side of yourself, the hard side of yourself, it's never meant to be pointed at your family. It's meant, to be, it's meant to be used to protect your family. That's why you have it. That's why you have that. I, I remember uh, one time, uh, Crystal and I, we had first gotten married. And, you know, I was just, I was just the, the holy roller that, that fell in love with a beautiful girl. And, 
God had blessed us. And, and then one day somebody made her cry. And Crystal saw the other side of me. She'd never heard me talk that way. She'd never seen me look that way. She'd never seen me move that way. Nothing. But I wasn't fixing to have a man harm my wife. What I'm saying is, she, that was, that's never designed to use in your house. It's designed to use for your house. How often does it happen? Well, with Jesus, we only see really one example. So it's not the norm. Listen, if you're walking around and you're billy-bobbing everybody, praise the Lord, and trying to act like it's Christian, it's not. But if somebody's coming to harm your family, all costs, at all, you protect, you keep them in the quiver at all, and this will cost you time, it will cost you effort. Look, this means if somebody says, hey, let your kid come over to my house, and you don't know what goes on at their house, they don't go. Amen. Somebody say Amen. amen. Oh, but I really need a night alone, whatever. Well, pay a babysitter that you know and you trust, but don't you be risking your kids in an environment that you're not familiar with. You keep them protected because once they're exposed to something, they're exposed. Praise the Lord. If they're driving in the car and and the person they're riding with is is bad-mouthing Joel Osteen or T.D. Jakes or, or whoever your favorite preacher is, let me just tell you something. That's some stuff you don't want bending your arrows. There'll be a day and time when you will release them. But while they are in your quiver, it is your responsibility to protect them. I remember another time, uh, I was 16 years old, give or take. And uh, we had a a lot of cars and trucks all the time. And and we had this one truck that had to get fixed, so we took it to the shop. And um, Dad told me to go pick it up. I went to go pick it up. And the guy behind the counter, this is right when the Internet started coming out. And this guy behind the counter, he goes, hey, man, have you been on the Internet before and seen these websites? And he starts describing to me these just this horrible websites that had all kind of filth on it. And for the sake of little ears in the room, you guys know what I'm talking about. Just filth. On top, just filth. And he started describing it to me. And I didn't think much about it. We, we really weren't computer people, so I didn't think about it. I got the truck. I went back to Candy Cleaners and Laundry Inc., where our slogan was, we're sweet to do business with, praise the Lord. And I went back uh, to, to there, and I, and I said, hey, Dad, I got the truck. Everything's good. He goes, cool. I said, Dad, you remember the guy at the counter? He said, yeah. I, he, said, I, he said, he was telling me about these websites, and he, he was describing to me what was on there. And he goes, oh, he did. I said, yes, sir. He said, he sure did. He said, all right, thanks for, thanks for getting the truck. I'm going to take it for a test drive. I didn't think a thing about it. He drives that truck out of there. He pulls up and Bo Dukes out the side of the truck, walks in and, and tells the guy, hey, that was my son that came in here, tried to grab him from across the counter and told him, if you ever are in the same room with one of my children again, I'm going to tell you hello. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you protect your children at all costs. So the natural side of it is, it's, it's easier than the spiritual side of it, to be honest with you. Because the natural side of it, it's like that, that, that mother bear instinct, you know, that comes out when you, you sit. Like this morning, my goodness gracious, I'm sitting there brushing my teeth, and, and, and Crystal's got the hair dryer going, you know, and all of a sudden she goes, she just puts it down. I said, what? She said, I heard something. I said, you heard the hair dryer's going? I got the sink going. She goes and checks on the kids. That mother bear, I don't hear anything, praise the Lord. 
That mother bear instinct, those are the things in the natural you're going to do. But the supernatural, the spiritual, this is the key that God is talking about. You protect them. You build them up. You tell them what God says about them. You have them in the house of God. You have them amongst the people of God. Let me tell you something else with your family. If your family's idea of Thanksgiving is leaning on the back of a a tailgate and smoking this and smoking that and drinking this and drinking that and talking bad about everybody, Make your own Thanksgiving dinner and have Thanksgiving at your house because we're not risking our children for anybody, not for family, not for friends, not for anybody. We protect our children at all costs. I'll lose some friends and family. I'm not losing my children. The saddest boat on the planet would have been the ark, Noah's ark, if he couldn't have taken his kids with him. But because... He could. So for you and for me, it's important to understand. There, we not we got to handcraft our children. Got to be very gentle with them when you're when when you're when you're forming them and you're shaping them. Then on the other side of it, you got to come to the place where you got to you got to commit to protect them, and it'll take you some time. Number three, or I guess three three C, you got to aim them. You got to point them where they need to go. You got to give them a target. What's the target? How do I, how do I set a target in my, it's what you're, the target is determined by what you celebrate. If all that is celebrated in your house is Quincy Jones or Britney Spears or Michael Jackson, don't be surprised when they want to be a pop star at 13. God bless all pop stars. But what you celebrate determines the target. So what you celebrate is you celebrate soul winners. You celebrate heroes of faith. You celebrate people that are giving their life for the gospel of Jesus. We, we try to do it with our kids on all spectrums. So we'll bring uh, up a Reinhard Bonnke crusade where there'll be a million, million, five people in Africa and miracle signs and wonders are breaking out. And we'll show our kids, look at this, millions and millions of people are getting saved all the time. Oh, that's so cool, Dad. And then we'll take them soul winning one-on-one. We'll just go to a place and we'll say, we're going to go and witness for Jesus. Everybody get your cards out. We're going to go witness for Jesus. We're going to try to win some souls. And then we celebrate the stories of victory there. And then then all of a sudden, the target sets itself. Because what you celebrate is what they want to be. Whatever you celebrate is what they want to be. If all you talk about is the Dallas Cowboys, don't be surprised when they want to be Troy Aikman. But there's only one Troy Aikman. No, I'm just kidding. Don't be surprised. Whatever you celebrate sets the target. So you got to aim them. Then you got to pull them back. An arrow can't go anywhere until you pull it back. It's got to be, the first thing that has to happen is you got to say, slow down, you're not quite ready. Let me get just a little more time with you. Because about 14, 15 years old, if you're doing a good job, they're going to be chomping at the bit, ready to go. But that's your perfect time to say, let me teach you a little bit. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. If I can pull you back just a little bit, if I can make sure that you understand the world doesn't revolve around you, the world revolves around the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I can pull you back just a little bit, then I know that I know that I know in the most important moment of your life when I decide to let you go and release you on the enemy you will fly steadfast and true and you will hit the target that God has called you to hit all because you decided to aim wisely we've got to we've got to choose to raise our kids the Bible says that we train them up in the way that they should go 
We honor our parents because when we honor our parents, we're literally at that time, we're sowing the seed for how the relationship's going to be with our own children in the future. We have to aim wisely. Those arrows, they're, 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 very, they're very delicate, but they're very effective when they're used properly. Number four, just write this down, F-O-E, family over everything. That's individually, but maybe even most importantly, I'm talking about your kingdom family. You see, you establish who you are by the consistent decisions that you make. The blood of Jesus makes you holy. The blood of Jesus sets you apart. But when you decide that the family of God dictates my life, now you're a candidate for the next level in your own family. You'll never, you'll never guide your children wrong. You'll never guide your children wrong by making the kingdom the top priority in your family. Here's some little ways. When you sit down to dinner, well, here's one. Sit down to dinner with your family, praise the Lord. Pray over your food. Do it enough that they hear how you do it, then I dare you to let them pray and see if they don't pray just like you. They're not going to do just what you say. They're going to do what you do. If you go to a restaurant, we don't park our Christianity at the door. We go to a restaurant, we're going to pray over our food. We're going to thank God for our food. That waiter or waitress comes up, we're going to invite them to the house of God. We're going to tell them how much Jesus thinks of them. If you're ever walking by a table and you feel the the urge to talk to somebody, the devil would never encourage you to witness to somebody. That is the Holy Spirit of God. Let your children see you stop and turn around and say, we were about to leave, but let me just say hi to this person right here. And then you talk it out with them because they'll never understand it until they see you do it. Some things you have to see done in order to understand it. That's why Jesus didn't say, I'm going to give you guys all the instruction and then y'all just go do it. He said, no, follow me. Follow me and I will make you fishers. I will make you. I will create you to become. I will mold you. I will shape you into fishers of men. But you're going to have to follow me because there's some things that you're going to see. And it's the only way it's going to get in you is you're going to have to see it. Number one, you got to train them up. Number two, got to honor your parents. Number three you got to get to the place where you aim very wisely. Don't go haphazardly into parenthood, no matter how you got there. If it was a surprise, praise the Lord. If it's not a surprise, praise the Lord. But that baby didn't do anything wrong. So you don't go haphazardly into parenthood. You aim wisely. If you don't aim, how do you know if you hit the target? And number four... Family over everything. Kingdom, personal family over everything. You will not answer for your nieces and nephews if you're not raising them. You will not talk to God. Jesus will not say, hey, tell me about your nieces and nephews if you're not raising them. But you will have a conversation with him about your own children. Now, they'll have to make their own decisions when the time is right. But you have the opportunity right now, according to the Bible, If you'll train them up, 
they'll go. The way, when they get older, they'll go in that direction. But it comes down to family over, family over everything. That means, that means the kingdom of God dictates my decisions. I don't have to argue, argue with you about what the definition of marriage is. All I have to do is point to the Bible. Because FOE, family over everything. My dad in heaven defined marriage as one man and one woman. I'm not arguing with you. It's not even my position. It's his position. I just choose to agree with him on everything. Family over, over everything. It sets your decision making. It sets the decision making on how you vote. It sets your decision making on how you deal with your family, your personal family. It sets your decision making. Family over, the kingdom family over everything. The Bible sets my opinion. And if you have a disagreement, you say, look, our disagreement is only that we don't know what the Bible says. It's not that we actually disagree. The only disagreement we have is we don't know exactly what it says. Because the instant we know what the Bible says about a situation, we transform our opinion to line up with God's word. If God said vanilla cake is the best cake, vanilla cake is the best cake. Now, he didn't. He said, my wife's carrot cake's the best cake. Praise the Lord. Family over everything. Stand to your feet, please. I'm ask one more question, then we're going to close in prayer. If you're here today and you know that this is the church for you, but you've never joined our family. It's a wonderful church. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. That's it. That's our whole intention. We want people to fall in love with Jesus. And the way we make that attempt is we just love on people and try to get them to see who God really is. But if you're here and you say, man, I know this is a church for me. I sense it in my spirit. We have, we have new members classes that will be coming up soon, but we'd love to hear about it now. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. He says that those that are a, a, in koinonia, that's an old word, but those that are in partnership with a ministry are partakers of every grace that's on this house. If you want to be a partaker of the grace that's on this house, maybe in your own family, that level of grace, if you want to be a partaker of that, you need to join our wonderful church. How do you do it? Super simple. Grab that card out of the seat in front of you. Fill it out one more time. Even if you fill it out a hundred times, mark on there you'd like to be a member of this church. Drop it off by the tent after service and we'll make sure and get you all the information associated. Amen. Give God another big hand of praise. Let me pray a blessing on you. We're going to dismiss. Father, in Jesus' name, we commit fresh today to train up our children, our grandchildren, those that we're responsible for. We commit fresh today to take them to that place of understanding in you and to show them. We commit to honor our own parents. We commit, Lord God, to aim very wisely. And we commit to putting the kingdom over everything. We say your Bible is correct and everything it argues against it is just incorrect. We stand on the Word of God and the Word of God alone. I thank you, Lord God, for the souls saved today. I thank you, Lord God, for the blessings that you have for each one of us. Now, bless your people coming in. Bless them going out. Bless them in the city and the field this day and every day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. Don't forget, youth tonight at 5 o'clock. Have a great weekend. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram.
Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.